Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right, this is Thad. Welcome back to Shades of Blue Soccer Show. Uh, I should have on the line with me now, Yael Averbush. I'm not sure if I got that correct. It was pretty good, on? pretty good. <laughs> Hi, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm kind of hampered by the growing up in the Midwest and the boonies out here, so my, my accent doesn't do well with some names, so I apologize. Um, usually people that like call you just by say hi <laughs> when you're walking by. Um <laughs> So, uh, anyway, congratulations on the the win the other night. Thank you. Thanks. It was important for us to end the season on on a good note going into the playoffs. So, we were happy to get the win in New Jersey. Um, Can you just tell me about, you know, how this season with uh, FC Kansas City has won has kind of had its ups and downs, but uh, you've kind of at least got to the point where you're close enough to the prize. You're in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, from the beginning of the season, that was always our goal. Um, it was spoken about often that the goal is to make the playoffs. Um, and, yeah, it was a little bit of a disjointed season uh, because of the World Cup. Obviously, every team was missing players, and we were missing four of our um, of our big-time players. So I think, you know, for us, the season kind of came in three phases. There was the beginning where after preseason, 
our national team players were back and we had those first three games with them and didn't really get the results we had hoped for as a group. Um, and then, you know, we saw those players off to the World Cup and we're kind of left with a little bit of a different mixture. Some people had to step into different positions. I know um, I had to play center back for a little, which I, you know, I gained a lot of respect for that position, but, you know, filling in for Becky Sauerbrunn is no small task. So we had some spots we had to fill as a team and a group, and every team throughout the NWSL looked a little bit different. So kind of going into games, you never know who exactly you're going to face, what the lineup will look like. I think every um, every team and every club kind of dealt with those issues of trying to find their best combinations without their national team players there. Um, and then, um, so you know, going into the last part of the season, once we got our national team players back, uh, the, the race for playoffs was really close at that point, um, you know, down to, I think, nearly every team had a chance to make playoffs at that point, and all the spots were kind of up for grabs, so we knew that the end of the season was going to be extremely important for us, uh, and it was talked often about how FC Kansas City has, in past seasons, gone on a run and gotten a, a nice streak of, you know, an undefeated chunk of the season, and we hadn't done that yet at that point. So um, now, hopefully, we're in the in the middle of our run. You know, we've um, got some good points in our last last few games and secured a playoff spot, which is excellent for us. That was our goal, and now kind of just waiting to see the games this weekend to see uh, what place we end up and who will play in that first semifinal game. It, it seems like the the team has kind of is at that peaking point where it's it's turning the corner of you. Uh, five games undefeated, I believe, four out of five wins. Um, a Rod scored a pair in two different games now, and having her scoring is a really good thing for you guys. Does the does the team feel that you guys are at that peak now that you're you're at that point where you're playing about your best you can, or is there still some room to grow? Um, you know, personally, I do think we still have another level within us as a group. Uh, I've seen moments in games and moments in training where I think, wow, you know, this is phenomenal. I think we've we've hit some of those in the games. I still think we can be better than we've been, but certainly getting a number of wins, getting people scoring goals, we're on, um, you know, we have a good momentum of some confidence built. That's very, very important throughout the season because, as a professional team and in such in a league like ours with only nine teams, um, every team can be phenomenal on any given day. So it's really about finding that consistency and gaining the confidence that you can win, you can score goals, you can come back if you're a goal down, um, you can come back late in a game and score a goal. Things like that are just so important um, mentality-wise as a team. And I think we've felt all of those things now and we're, we have some good momentum. I still think um, – we can even be better than we are, and it'll be perfect timing for that because the playoffs, you know, it's do or die, and I think that we have another level within us. Um, but certainly we we feel good, and coming out of the end of the season with a string of, of wins, I think, for us has been huge. You mentioned earlier about how you played center back for a while. Uh, one of the things I'd always admired about you is your technical ability. You always seems like you you had all the moves and the touches down and I, I know how hard you practice and I watch your videos and such forth. It was having that foundation of, you know, all the basic skills, was that able to help you translate back to center back or the, you know, having played mid for so long, you could slide back a little bit. I mean, what helped you be successful back there at center back? Um, you know, it was pretty interesting for me because at first when Blacko asked, you know, Hey, do you mind trying it out? We need, you step in there, I was kind of like thinking to myself, oh, gosh, wow, he trusts me there. Um, I don't know why he would do that. But actually, I, um, I learned a ton, and part of what I learned was – 
through Blacko's defender training and occasionally in training uh, with FC Kansas City, we'll split up and the attackers will go do some finishing combination play and the defenders will work with Blacko. And the way Blacko teaches defending is actually very technical. And that's the way, you know, with the ball, I appreciate the game and I love to train. It's fun and exciting for me. And that's part of why I do what I do, all the, the things I post online or videos of me with the ball. It's, in part, it's training, but it, in part, it's just what I enjoy about soccer. So the way Blacko kind of presents defending, I think is very much in line with the way I see the game and what excites me about soccer. So to be able to train with the defenders, which I was even doing a little bit when I was um, playing in the midfield in the beginning of the season, I got to train with the defenders. And at first I was like, oh, man, I have to go back with the defenders. But I I loved it so much. I thought, you know what, I wish I could do this every time because, um, yeah, he just breaks down defending into very technical and doable pieces and moments that I think are very important. So I was able to learn a little bit like that in training, but then also um, playing with a very experienced back line taught me a ton. You know, I was surrounded by Leanne, Leanne Robinson, um, Rebecca Moros, and Amy LaPelvet, who are all very experienced players, have played a number of places, national team experience. So it was very easy for me. They made it very easy for me to just fit in, follow instructions, and from there I kind of could learn. So you know, soccer soccer. Wherever you're on the field, it's the same game. So it's not like being thrown in a different position at this point is, you know, uh, a totally different sport or anything. But there was a ton I learned from watching them, following their lead, and also in training from Blacko. And, and I appreciate, you know, seeing a, a player of your veteran status. I mean, not that you're, like, super old or anything, but you've been around for a few years, you know, changing to a new position and learning a new position and adapting to it pretty well, uh, you know, pretty quickly. I, I appreciate seeing players, you know, be able to make that change and, and still learning even when you're, you know, you've been around for a while. Yeah, I think that's something I try to focus on. I've realized as my career has gone on that so much of what I do and what I will do is out of my control. Um, but there are a few things I can control as a player, and one of them is continuing to learn and improve, and that's something I really pride myself on. I think that as a professional player still now in my, I think this might be my sixth or seventh season, I've lost track a little bit, which maybe says something for itself, but um, I I still feel that I'm improving just as much as I was when I first became a professional player. And it's in different ways now. Some of it is mentally, um, tactically, but this experience this season for me was a huge step and also gaining confidence in an area of the game that um, definitely I didn't consider one of my strengths before at all. And now I see how I can absolutely improve it and add it into what I already do, which is mostly, um, you know, I'm an attacking minded player kind of first, but now I absolutely have gained respect and see much more importance in the other side of the game. Well, even um, even with the way Vlaco coaches defense, he he doesn't want you just to clear the ball. He wants you to control it and and be uh, maybe the initiating part of that offense, getting it up to the out to the, the the wide midfielders or up to the center mids or something like that. So you're you're not exactly out of the offense. You're just starting it a little farther. Oh yeah, absolutely. And even a lot of what um, a lot of what Vlaco teaches in training is how things like how to step in front of a attacking player, win the ball, and still maintain possession. So a lot of um, what we were focusing on were, were things like that and kind of the thought process behind, okay, how do we win the ball, but not just win it and, you know, whack it out of there, but win it and maintain possession for the team. So, yeah, it wasn't that I was just, you know, uh, purely defending and didn't get to do anything with the attack. I think, you know, being a defender, especially in the way FCKC plays, is about starting the attack. Cool. Um, I'm going to change up a little bit on you now. Um 
talked about the the national team players coming back and everything and you know there's obviously a big boost of uh, fans out there after the world cup how have you seen you know have the fans changed have they have the crowds uh stayed large i mean what have you seen as a as a anything that's changed after the, the world cup well there was certainly a lot of attention on the league and on women's soccer after the world cup and there still is and i think um you know welcoming those players home became a, a big event and as it should be because you know the not only winning the world cup but the way the u.s team won the world cup was absolutely phenomenal and it was a celebration when they first got back and i think the um, we've seen, you know, added attention, media surrounding the games, but I think the, the really important thing is that we bring in fans, not only of those national team players, but also people who become diehard fans of the clubs um, for which those players play. Because you could have a fan of Carly Lloyd, who makes one trip to Houston from, you know, makes an eight-hour drive or something to Houston to watch her play for the Houston Dash. But what's really important are the people in the fan base in Houston who will then become fans of the Houston Dash as a whole, fans of Jessica McDonald, Ella Masser, um, all the players on the team who make the Houston Dash the club they are. And similarly, FCKC, you know, we have our diehard fans who are supporting us every game. We've got our blue crew, which is awesome. Um, and then as those World Cup players return, you, you know, you saw people saying, oh, we drove from wherever, you know, far away to see this game and to, to come watch Lauren Holiday, which is absolutely amazing, and that's what we want as a league. But we also really need the people who are going to come and say, oh, I'm, I'm coming because I'm a fan of Erica Kimrak and I want to see her play week in and week out. So I think it's about the transition from the excitement and the one-time, you know, one-time celebration to the week-in, week-out dedication to support a club and support all of the players uh, who, you know, display a very exciting brand of soccer. I think every um, every club in this league has those players and has a great uh, product to offer. And a lot of them are right in the backyards of of youth players and families and soccer fans in general who can drive not so far and see that every weekend. So it's important that people understand kind of the bigger picture and continue the excitement surrounding the game um, not just, you know, as a celebration of the World Cup, which absolutely is well-deserved, but as a, you know, a more of a regular um, season ticket holder type support. Do, do you um, do you feel that the, the league in general did enough to capitalize on that, or have they? is there more that they can do for, you know, sustaining the attendance and the attention through to next year? Is there, I mean, what would you do if you had the power to do something in the league to, to capitalize on that? Um, oh, I think there's always more that can be done. Um, and that's not to say that the league did not do a good job because I think that there was a good job done of drawing attention to the players, having welcome home games, advertising those games. Um, but, you know, I think it's uh, the battle of a, of a small startup league. It's always going to be the battle. Yeah, we we need more sponsors. We need more people working with the media side of things and the PR side of things. We need um, – it would be great if we could eventually get more TV games, all of this. Uh, would absolutely be helpful. And I think as players were responsible for this, as front offices are responsible for this, the league as a whole is responsible for this. So I think it's a, a group effort that absolutely there's always more that can be done, but we have to look at it as, you know, we only have so many staff members working for each team um, and so much manpower to do this. So, yeah, eventually 
it would be wonderful if there were more um, more social media and marketing staff members on each team who could really blast it out there and continue to advertise, get the word out. It would be great if more athletes were getting endorsements and um, helping to kind of, you know, get their name their and their personal brand out there outside of even just national team players. So I think that there are great things being done and awareness being raised, but, yeah, there can always be be more on that front. Um, and I know it's been, you know, a topic of conversation for the last couple of years about how the two previous women's leagues lasted three years and folded. This league is, you know, just completing its third year and doesn't look to be folding. I mean, everybody's making plans for next year and, you know, even talk of possible expansion team or two out there. Um, has, again, we're, we're not going to try to say this league's done everything right and there's lots of things that could be improved upon, but have they taken the right steps to at least ensure enough longevity that they can then build upon it and last, do you feel? Yeah, and I think that's, that's a very important statement, what you just said. I think that there can always be improvement, and that's an important thing to remember because if this, the moment we stop wanting it to be better, then we're also doing something wrong as players, as fans, um, because I do think that the NWSL has put itself in a very good place to continue, and things can only improve if they continue. So to get into this fourth year is an enormous statement for the league because, as you said, that both the WUSA and the WPS folded after that third season. So to get into a fourth, fifth, sixth, and hopefully so on season for the NWSL is an enormous statement because each year there can be improvements made. And it may be a slow process, and I think we all know that it will be a slow process. But there is um, – there's a good feeling that it can be a slow process because that means that the league will be here for a long time. So if we look at it as not a short-term thing where as players now, yeah, would we love for there to be bigger crowds and us to make a ton more money? Absolutely. But I think that we all understand that we're doing this now so that maybe 10 years from now, the players who come out of college to play in this league will have those things. And not to say that it's, a complete sacrifice because we do enjoy our jobs. We love playing. Um, there are wonderful aspects of being a female professional soccer player in this country, but it's also a little bit of a struggle and a sacrifice to know that we're doing this now to make improvements slowly but surely for the future. So um, I think, you know, the fourth year is a, is a huge thing, and we should all celebrate the fact that, um, you know, when the NWSL it starts that fourth season. That's an enormous step for women's soccer in this country. And the same thing, hopefully fifth, sixth, seventh, again, all the way to what I hope to watch, you know, come watch as a soccer mom one day, be watching games and be in a crowd of 10, 15,000 people. I think that that's all of our dream. And we're, it appears that we're doing the right things to ensure that there will be time to make improvements. Uh, I think you're still getting short. You want to come see crowds of ten or fifteen thousand. I want to come see crowds of twenty and thirty thousand for the women's game, and maybe forty, fifty thousand for the men's game at that point. You know? Uh, yeah, maybe absolutely. I think. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think I, I think that um, you know, if if I'm looking at it, if we could in the next ten years, if the you know the base number, I, I think that to have the more intimate, smaller stadium feel where after the game. Um, people can get autographs and feel like they're connecting with the players. I think there's something very valuable to be said for that. So I think that 
it can still be an extremely successful league and sell out stadiums, but maybe they happen to be a little smaller stadiums. If you're selling out 15,000 seats every game, I don't think that's a bad thing at all, and that just increases the demand. So, yeah, obviously, I would love if the demand was for 30,000, 40,000 tickets, but I think, um, you know, if you could get 10,000 people at every game even, um, that would be huge. And then maybe there's even a waiting list to get to buy season tickets or something like that. I think that would not be a bad thing for women's soccer. No, just just kind of teasing you a little bit. I'm I'm I have high expectations for soccer yeah. over the next decade. I think. Um, plus, you know, I want to I want to see my daughter playing in front of those crowds too someday. But hopefully, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and and she will, thanks to some training from you, right? Um, <laughs> all right. And just so people know, I'm not um, Yale. Yael um, does lots of clinics and training videos and such forth. And my daughter actually took one of uh, her ball handling uh, classes or clinics uh, a couple months ago, and she's been playing very well since. Um, I'm glad to hear anyway. it had a good impact on her performance. Changing <laughs> um, up a little bit, though, you do um, – that's one of the things that I always admired about you before you came to FC Kansas City uh, your, was your technical ability, but I really – got to know you a little bit through watching, you know, a video you posted every week or, or so of uh, some different training exercise, you know, be it, um, you know, a, a series to go through cones or, play, you know, playing it off the wall or a juggling uh, series. Um, it just seems like you're very dedicated to not only improving yourself, but putting it out there for others to improve. Can you talk about that? I mean, what, why do you do that? Yeah, well, it actually started, so I, I was very fortunate as a young player, a lot of great coaches and mentors who showed me ways that I could get better outside of my team, organize practice, and just, you know, take my soccer ball up to the schoolyard near my house, or um, even in my basement, or my front yard, or backyard, whatever, and spend hours and hours, and they gave me tons of ideas of things I could do that were really exciting to me, and challenging, and that I would be obsessed with, you know, trying to master whatever skill I was shown. So actually, um, I was in Sweden playing for a year and a half, and I at the time was it was kind of a lonely experience. It was a wonderful soccer experience, but it's hard to move across the world and live there. So a lot of times I would take my ball out and my iPod, and I would you know it kind of brought me back to the olden days at home when I would just be messing around with the ball and all the things I had learned. And I thought one time, you know, why don't I just prop my iPhone up and on a stump here and kind of record some of this and. I uploaded it to YouTube, and I kind of was curious if anybody would send me a video of them trying it, just anyone out there. And I actually didn't really have a vision for how I wanted it to turn out or anything, and, and my editing you know, was non-existent. It literally showed me walking up to my phone, turning it off at the end, and like showed me, I think, fixing it in the beginning and walking over to my soccer ball. So it was really just literally I just took the, phone, the video on my iPhone and put it right onto YouTube. And I, I started to post them on occasion, um, and I got some some really nice feedback from people from all different parts of the world sending me videos of them doing something similar or a, a different idea, a variation of the training idea I showed. And so eventually what I decided to do was um, really turn it into something. So I made it kind of an official YouTube channel. It's called the Why Football Channel, which is actually my first uh, AIM screen name back in the day, which is really embarrassing. <laughs> but um, I now post a video every Tuesday of – Sometimes it's just a little trick or skill, like a juggling trick. Sometimes it's a more serious um, training idea or, like you said, a kind of a training series. Uh, sometimes it's something people can challenge themselves to, like a timed 
challenge or something to complete. And basically I just post things that I think I would have found really fun and useful when I was um, a youth player growing up. And if I had had YouTube and these resources, I'm sure I would have been obsessed with these things. But I've really gotten wonderful feedback from people saying, oh, I tried your challenge, or I get videos of you know, a nine-year-old in her living room trying something I posted on YouTube. So for me, it's really about interacting with players all around the world, sometimes youth players, sometimes um, professional players just like myself who are sharing video challenges with me. So I think it's wonderful to be able to connect with soccer players around the world, and now technology allows us to do that. So it's been a fun project for me. It's, uh, and you get, like, some of your teammates involved or other people. I saw you just had uh, Liz Bogus do one with you for this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to start a new um, a new little series called uh, Train Like the Pros. So I'm going to get some professional players to send me videos of little training ideas that they do so uh, players everywhere can see. You know, it's not just me doing these crazy things with the ball. Uh, a lot of my teammates and friends playing around the U.S. and elsewhere – have a ton of cool creative training ideas that everyone can try to copy. Um, I mean, do you see somewhere down the line, um, you know, not wanting you to retire anytime soon, you got quite a few years left to play, but uh, do you see this like becoming, you know, your, your next step after, you know, professional career is maybe, um, you know, becoming this online trainer or hosting clinics or are you, you going to go into coaching or what do you, you know, a few years down the road is, I don't, like I said, I don't want to do it anytime soon, but do you have any plans for that? Yeah, I think this is kind of a, a little bit of uh, absolutely, you know, I think, think some people see what I'm doing and they think, oh, maybe she's almost done playing, but that's not the case at all. I actually am trying to work to develop my my personal brand through coaching clinics, offering these online training ideas. Um, that's all my work to develop my personal brand to allow me to continue to play for many years. So that way, you know, I don't have to one day make a decision because of career financial um, issues that, you know, oh, I need to stop playing when I don't feel ready to stop playing. So like you said, hopefully it'll be many years down the road when I stop playing. But these are all, um, you know, I don't have a 100% final vision of, you know, my end game with these things, but it's all my exploration of what my personal brand can offer, what people are interested in, and hopefully we'll transition into, you know, real business over the next few years even. So I'm exploring different methods of doing some online training systems and allowing people to get not just, you know, the fun little tidbits, but more of a a serious online training curriculum potentially. Um, I do a lot of clinics and coaching where I'll, you know, a club will bring me in, you know, all around the country and I'll, I'll come not only show the players some technical work they can do on the field, but also speak to the group and try to empower the players to be confident and to, take control of their personal journeys and, and go after whatever goals they may have. So I've done a variety of things like that, and um, I, I do plan to continue to build it. Not 100% sure where it's going at this point, but definitely hope to have kind of a, a business develop while I'm still playing that will then carry me into uh, my post-playing career. And one of the things I love about seeing the videos is you seem to be having fun doing it. It's not just, you know, you're not just doing it to build a brand or something like that, but you just seem to have fun while you're while you're out there doing these skills and challenging kids and reacting to what some of the ones challenges they give back to you and things like that. You just seem to have fun with it and that's one thing that that I appreciate about it when I see you do it. So 
Oh, well, definitely. You know, I tell people I would be doing this stuff whether I had the camera on me or not, so I might as well, might as well uh, film some of it and share. So this is the stuff I do in my free time anyway. I take my ball up to the tennis court with a wall that people are hitting the tennis balls off of, and I'm, you know, kicking it off the wall and trying all these things, timing myself, doing these random things. So I love doing this stuff, and I'd do it no matter what. So I might as well, you know, bring out my iPad and tripod now. I've upgraded to a tri- I actually have a tripod, which is a big upgrade for me when I'm filming. So uh, that's out there now with me just doing what I would normally do anyway. Well, uh, I, I've seen the quality improve over the last year or so, so it's, you're doing a good job. Um, Thanks. I'm, I know we're... movie does wonders for me. <laughs> it works. Um, I know we're kind of in the time frame that you said you had for today, but just one last question. Um, uh, what is your prediction for the uh, playoffs? What is FC Casey going to do? Ooh, well, I have always felt that, that – that's a tough one, you know, really putting me on the spot here. Um, I've always felt that if, <laughs> since I got to FC Casey, I felt that if we play to our potential, I think that we can win the whole thing. Um, and it's about bringing bringing that out. You know, we don't even know who we're playing in the semifinal yet, but I think that no matter what team we play in this league, if we play at our best, I think we can beat anyone in any given day. So, you know, if, if we don't, then it's up to chance of if someone else performs. But I think that, you know, we're on a roll and really getting close to that kind of peak feeling, I think we can still bring out another level. So if we're able to do that, I say we win it all. So, so I know so, that's a bold prediction, so but I'm, I'm rude. I'm going with us winning it all. <laughs> I, I I don't think it's that bold of a prediction. I think there's a fair chance of it. It'd be at least a little better if you had home field advantage for one game, but um, as it is, nobody has home field advantage for the final anyway, since Portland's out. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, which is uh, probably a topic for another day, but that was a little bit of surprise move that, that popped up towards the end of the season. Um, the the final being at a neutral site being Portland this year. Um, yeah. So I, I I think actually anybody has home field advantage that might end up playing Seattle there, but that's another story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's so you guys are thinking. playing well. <laughs> I know. That's, it, it, it would have been kind of uh, funny if Portland had finished fourth, played Seattle, and Seattle lost. Then Portland would have turned out to boo Seattle no matter what. But if that had happened, it would have been just a deadly crowd for Seattle at that point. No, you know, some teams actually react better under pressure like that. So, yeah, uh, for Kansas sure, City it's going to be the, it's going to be hostile towards Seattle there, no matter what, if they're in the final. <laughs> well, but so far, neither uh, NWSL season has been this, uh, won by the team that finished first. So that's, you know, of course, we only have two data points. That's not a big indicator. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I just want to I want to say thank you for coming on. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, hope to do this a little more often now. Um, and just any last words before I let you go? Uh, no, I think I think these kind of discussions are very important. Um, talking about women's soccer and not only the state, the state of the game right now, but how we can continue to progress it. So hopefully, I'll be back on at some point. We can continue the discussion because I could talk about this stuff for hours. <laughs> Yeah, and that's I could too. I know we neither one of us has uh, has all that time today, but maybe when we 
come back, we can talk about having won the, the, the championship, but also focus a little bit more on maybe some of the details of what we can do for women's soccer or some of the details of uh, youth soccer and stuff like that. Just a little bit more. I mean, you, you gave such great answers that you didn't necessarily give me great follow-up questions. No kidding. Um, but I know you have a lot of knowledge and, and a value, valuable opinion on these things, so that's why I was wanting to have you on, and hopefully we can do this again soon. I appreciate it. I'll I'll come back on soon and we can delve into some of those things. All right. Thanks a lot, Yael, and I'll be seeing you soon. Yeah, my pleasure. See you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. From the front porch, there's a party on in here. Well, it's a football night. Well, it's a football night. We can gather all our friends all around the stove. It's not a bad thing to do. Well, it's a football night. Well, it's a football night. When I find out it's the blood, you know we're going to feel all right. We're gonna celebrate tonight. When the final whistle blows, you know we're gonna feel alright. 